comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. CTV podcast episode 24. We're going to try this one more time. Um, not to get too inside baseball, but we are, have already actually recorded an episode 24. But due to technical difficulties and uh, Skype being generally terrible, uh, we have we were unable to use the recording that we have left. Um, we had Daryl was all the way cut out of it. It sounded terrible, and the Skype was just not cooperating. So hopefully the telecommunication gods have been appeased, and uh, this one goes off without a hitch. But since we love you so much, we're going to do an entirely new episode. We're going to do the whole yeah. thing over again, because Skype is so terrible. Because we love you guys so much, rather than have you go a week without DCTV. And luckily, the shows were on a bit of a break, so we were able to catch up and uh, do this again. I mean, if we had had another full week, we, we would be behind, definitely. But, like I said, we we were, are doing a whole new episode from scratch. Uh, if this one doesn't record, I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe we'll just retire from podcasting with our championships intact. But joining myself is the uh, the Deputy Sheriff of Starling City, Mr. Daryl Taylor. I will not be censored. <laughs> not by a mask. Not by a mask. Not by a mask. And the second trickster sidekick, the prankster, Mr. Chubb Toe Children. How are you, dude? I'm doing good. And hey, we I'm excited because since we get to re-record, we get two episodes of IZ to talk about. That's right. Um, a good friend and listener to the show, Mike Jones, made a suggestion. He's been going through a lot lately, so I thought I'd cut him a break. He requested we do iZombie first on the show. And since we have two episodes of iZombie to cover this week, I figured, what the hey, let's go ahead and, and cut the man a break for a change and uh, go ahead and do that. So let's go ahead and talk about the first episode of iZombie, uh, episode three, called The Exterminator. And uh, this is a pretty interesting episode. Uh, it, it's like two cases that kind of crisscross, in a way. Like, uh, Liv is uh, following one case, and her roommate is prosecuting another, and they end up being uh, totally related. We uh, we start this episode with, uh, seemingly as a family man, uh, uh, dead, an exterminator, uh, ostensibly by trade, is dead on, on the slab. And uh, Liv decides to uh, eat his brain to find out who ran over him several times with a, an old car. Turned out that it was the uh, that someone had hired him. He wasn't exactly just an exterminator of bugs. He was also a uh, professional uh, hitman. And someone had hired him to kill someone, a, a partner in a, a tech company, whose murder was being investigated by Liv's roommate, 
who is a prosecuting attorney as her first murder trial. So Liv comes in and kind of scuttles her entire uh, uh, investigation by finding out that it was totally a different person than who she had her eye on. And the person that it did turn out to be gets tricked into incriminating himself and signing a, a confession. We get some uh, some cool zombie bits in this episode. We uh, we find out the the girl that Marcy, the girl that invited Liv on the ill-fated boat trip that made her a zombie, is found in in like a pit kind of area uh, along the docks. And uh, Liv, because she's eaten the brains of this psychopathic hitman, this guy with no you know, compunct, you know, just a sociopath with no, no uh, feelings or whatever, just has no, no, uh, um, sympathy for her at all. Like, yeah. uh, Ravi's trying to cure her. He tries to go just into, looking at her like a rat in the cage, you know, just pretty much studying mm-hmm. her, not fascinated, but just, just that look on her face, that, that, that no emotion look on her face, you know? Right. And in the back of her mind, she's kind of thinking that that's what she, is in store for her. Right. You know, she doesn't get her brains that uh, that she will end up uh, like Marcy, uh, just you know. And Marcy is is a raving zombie, like Walking Dead style zombie, you know, wandering around, um, kind of uh, uh, you know, in a day, you know, unresponsive and just right. hungry for brains. Uh, Robbie, kudos, oh, I'm sorry. Kudos, to, I'm sorry. Uh, kudos to the makeup and effects department because that I watched it a second time since we had first tried to record, and the I don't know, the effects, the makeup done on that was very well done. Very well done. Almost Greg Nicotero level. I agree. Yeah, it was definitely your classic zombie uh, uh, look. Uh, Ravi wants to, of course, he's trying to find a cure for Liv, so he wants to get a sample from Marcy. Well, he talks like he's a mo- like he talks like they're people, like he keeps emphasizing that she is a person, she is a person, while, uh, while Liv is just, uh, you know, telling him, I don't think that we are. I'm not really alive. Yeah, there's a, he he's trying to find a cure. Mm-hmm. She she has kind of resigned herself to the fact that she's a zombie now. Right. It's interesting. He tries to get a sample from Marcy and then falls into the pit with her. In a bad way, because you knew it was going to be a bad decision. To well, take I mean, a stick. His, yeah, he has like a he has like a big syringe you know, duct tape to a stick. <laughs> That's his solution to get down to her. And you're going to lean over the the side of a hole to. To plug it, uh, uh, try to get a sample from somebody who's in, a zombie that could pull you in. Not, sin, not, that, since they, not since they wrapped a rope around Glenn and put him down a well has there been a bad zombie decision like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that had disaster written all over it. It totally did. It totally did. Uh, Ravi, of course, falls into the pit. Uh, mm-hmm. Liv has to come in and save him, but she kind of hesitates because she still has that sociopathic brain. Yep. Uh, she isn't sure whether she should help him or not because, you know, she just doesn't have any feeling now. But she ends up jumping in and kind of going full zombie and bashing her friends, her former friends' brains in. Do you, do you so. think that part of it, because thinking back, do you think that part of her letting him be in there is that she was irritated by him keep, uh, telling her that it was alive, it was alive, and she was saying it wasn't and you should just leave it alone? And that was kind of what kept her from going maybe, in? A sadistic kind of anger Maybe, about, but I think it I think it was more just her curiosity at not her curiosity, but that guy's imprint of that curiosity of of morbid what's gonna happen. You know, this could be interesting. That definitely could have been part of the motive as well, Daryl. So yeah. Like you, you get like you keep saying they're human, they're human, you know what? I'm gonna show you that they're people. Now sit down there and, and let her eat you and then tell me how human that we are. <laughs> yeah. 
Here, here's the thing, though, is, and this is the way I see it, and I think this is how he sees it, and that is, like, Liv is dying. She is not dead. She is undead. Mm-hmm. And right. the fact that she still has a pulse of 10 beats a minute and stuff like that, she's still alive, enough that the, her basic humanity is still intact somewhat. Right. Um, as you go on, as you start to lose those pieces of humanity, I've had a lot of <laughs> dental work done recently, so my voice is a bit funny. You know, is is I'm pretty sure, you know, that, that what Marcy is, is like to the almost last completion before death. It's just the basic motor skills of the the human body just in reaction. And then eventually, I would imagine if they don't get brains, they will just completely fall to nothing yeah and but there's no reboot that that's the whole thing we find out you know we, we kind of have to find out in this is this in this world can they be if they do get the brains can it can it be you know reversed some of the, the can they get right. their cognitive skills right. back again if they eat some of it and that's what we didn't know before right. something i'm wondering too well we'll get to blame in a little bit but do all of the people get the flashes of the other people after they eat the brains like this boy yeah, no question yeah yeah it's blame like picking up all the other people's brains he's eating i think that's how he found her though it could be because he she kept having flashes of him and he kept being real familiar yeah he seemed very familiar with that look on her face when she got her flash in front of him the only the only thing is is he's serving these brains out to his quote clientele you would think one of them would mention it to him. Or maybe they haven't. They just haven't shown it on camera. I don't know. Yeah, they but might have shown it on camera yet. I, I still am wondering, is she more special in the way that she has these visions? or? That's or a what? good question. Because even the... even the um, You would think that one of them, the, the, the woman that he infected originally, you would think that she would say something about the Flash. It's like, oh, like... You know, why didn't you warn me right. about these things? Or what's happening to me? Like, why am I having flashes of stuff that I don't know about? So um, I wonder if they will go that route and say that she is special. Well, speaking of Blaine, this is the episode where he comes in and um, they basically, uh, she says, you know, every zombie for himself. Mm-hmm. And they, she says, you know, she's not going to help him. She thinks he's a scumbucket. He's the one who infected her to begin with. He doesn't mm-hmm. want anything. He's a real creep. And this is where he, you know, she shuts him off. Uh, but then we also see Blade at the end when her uh, ex-fiance is looking for uh, one of her uh, his halfway house kids who is, is missing, uh, telling the guy who is looking for the missing kid that he knows exactly where he is at a house party around the corner. And of course, we're never going to see that skater kid again because, well, he tells well, we see him. Shoes. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it's great when someone, a stranger, asks you, is anybody looking for you? And you go, no way at all. I'm, no one's looking for me. I'm alone. You can kill me and no one will know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the way it sounded to me, too. When you walked I mean, I was rolling my eyes. Trope they use for every movie where they go, so I know. Hey, are you alone? Or Is there anybody looking anybody? for you? <laughs> and and, uh, and the person... Or even the hero, they do that with the hero, like he or she is, you know, going somewhere and, and, and following someone or whatever, and someone asks that question, like, are you by yourself? And they go, yes, I totally am, and I'm going to drink this special juice you just gave me. It so looks I, so yummy. It looks so yummy. Wait, why do I feel sleepy? Are, but I sure like your pixie drink. <laughs> exactly. I feel <laughs> so sleepy. This is also where uh, her ex-fiance, after coming on to him last episode really hard, uh, because she has kind of the sociopathic uh, tendencies in this episode, she is it doesn't bother her. 
as much. Yeah. And she has a whole uh, monologue in this thing, you know, hey, you know, if if this is taking away me feeling about having to kill my own friend who become a zombie and, you know, uh, keeping these feelings of, of, of uh, my ex-fiance out of my heart, then maybe I should keep eating this sociopath's brain. I like uh, but, yeah, maybe, you know, she's kind of doubting whether she is, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't do that, you know, but then she kind of realizes that, you know, post-brains that, you know, she's kind of, you know, she, you know, at the end of the episode, she's back to normal. She watches a video of her ex-fiance and her new girlfriend and kind of breaks into tears. So yeah, that was nice with her friend. To, to that was a nice little bonding thing with her, with her friend. To yeah, see her being there for her, even though she doesn't understand why she dumped him. Right. Well, and especially after their little rift of, you know, are you trying to sabotage my career? And it's like, no, right. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Right. You know, and I think her friend finally realized that I, I can understand being passionate about your career, but, you know, not to the length of putting an innocent man in jail. Right. The, the other. Uh, so that was a pretty good episode, I thought. I think yeah, this has been mm-hmm. a good show altogether. Oh, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. 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 Set it up a little bit more and let you know a little bit more about the zombie thing, like how deep it is. Like it doesn't go, it doesn't reverse back. It doesn't. Like, once you pass, that makes it, I think it, it, it adds the jeopardy to her having to get those brains, because once you get past that point, you can't go back right. to being, um, a lot, you know, to, to, to having her mind again, like having, being, a, you know, having her, herself, herself is gone. Once you, once you lose it, that's it. So that. Right. Cause that they try to fear. give Marcy some brains to see if that'll help her recover. And it doesn't at all. She just really no. maintains where she is. So just made her hungry. So yeah, it puts like more of a, more of a sense of fear on Liv's situation. You know, like if I get cut off, this is you know this is me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I could be in a pit somewhere. You know, just ranting and raving and trying to kill everyone. So going full zombie, as she says in the show. Um, the other episode of I Zombie this week we'll be talking about is called Live and Let Clive. And in this one, she eats the brains. Wait, wait, wait! Oh. Pan the guitar. You got to do the guitar riff after you do that. Oh, live and let Clive. Da, dum, dum. Live and let Clive. <laughs> Is it gonna be the the Guns N' Roses version or the Paul McCartney version? Uh, I don't know. Whatever one has explosions and sparks. Oh, that would definitely be the Guns N' Roses version then. Okay, we'll do that. Then. This one, I don't know about this episode, and I'll tell you why. The the main premise of it bothered me. She eats the brains of a guy who's a member of this gang, mm-hmm. uh, named Sammy Wong, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know Kung Fu, yeah. <laughs> a little Matrix moment there, that was cool. But she sees a, a flash of Clive yeah, um, as this, this Sammy and Wong, and instead of thinking, oh, he's working, you know, asking about it, she just assumes he's a dirty cop. Well, remember, I think that, I think it goes to the right, the uh, the the way that they wrote it was a little bit off. Like, they, they didn't, because what they, I think they tried to fix it as you go on further, where they kept saying that the the person's brain was parent, she had it had so he was sort of uh, had that paranoia mm-hmm. about him, Extreme and that was paranoia. affecting her. Yeah, and that was affecting her. But they didn't explain it the way it was written in the script wasn't done well, so it didn't. They tried to throw it in there as an afterthought as as it progressed. Because I right. was thinking, I don't that know, too. I don't know if I agree because I kind of got that from the get go. I, I don't know, because out of the, I've enjoyed all four episodes of this show so far, and I have to say that this one's probably my favorite 
so far. But she didn't question it enough. I think she 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 believed that Clyde was the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I oh, felt they spent, well here here's my point. Okay, they spent the last three episodes building up this relationship between the two of them. Life and death, working relationship. Right. Yeah, and they've actually like been in, in life and death situations together and all this other stuff. I just even with the paranoia from the brains that she had ingested, I feel like I felt like that was you know maybe a step too far. Go ahead. I just think Maybe, it was just a little but I mean, I mean, they've only been working together a short time. She knows nothing about him. She knows that he came from Vice. She knows that there were probably issues or something. She alludes to it anyway. You know, I mean, I could get how there could be a, a little bit of a doubt, and then you add in the psycho paranoia of that person's brain she ate. I don't know. I can kind of get it. I do agree that she probably should have questioned it a little, little bit more, you know, and had a little bit more of that internal uh, struggle of is he is he a dirty cop? Well, no, he, he, I know him. He's not. I don't think he I could th- do I that. I think that was just on you know, this was a filled episode. Like, yeah, yeah, wasn't, yeah there was a lot going on. Time. I mean, they have the whole drug shipment with the utopium coming mm-hmm. in. Which is kind of like uh, you know been a plot point all along. Like, is this a drug that's causing the zombie thing, or is it right. just connected somehow? Um, you also had the thing with Blaine, with they showed his his and uh, his his um, girlfriend's routine every morning. Uh, you yeah. know, they had like the brain smoothie in bed, and uh, he has that line about you know she's like you know if you're gonna sleep with me, maybe I should get a rebate on what I spend on brains. And he's like, you know, I made you a zombie, but I'll never make you a whore. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Uh, but they show them like getting oh. spray tans and getting their petty petty and all the other stuff. And like, uh, it, it was just it was kind of cool to see like the their, what they had to go through to look like normal people. Yeah, um, the, in a day it was funny that, that they did have some really funny bits in this, in this episode. Like the um, the gang's headquarters is a video store with a porn the, the porn section. Um, the joke about Memento was pretty funny considering <coughs> you know her uh, her situation. It's um. I like how they're setting up Blaine as the big bad as it goes on. I think him, not just him. I think they're setting her up. Is she going to be something too? Like she's she's becoming a little bit on the um, madam, <laughs> the madam drug dealer. I think she's going to take over. Yeah, could or be do her yeah. own little thing. He he kind of reminds me of Spike on Buffy. I don't know why, but I just get that vibe from him. Yeah, that, that is he, definitely. I, I can see where you get that. Yeah, he gives that yeah. off a little. It's his tongue-in-cheek delivery, even when he's killing, is, is a lot like how Spike was. But not in a bad, you know, like not in a, you're just trying to imitate, but just that's the way the actor is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's an out-and-out piece of shit, though. He is. Way more than Spike ever was, I think. Yeah. But yeah, 20, 25 grand a month, and uh, you can you can give your own brains delivered straight to your door. What a deal. <laughs> That's a that's a good deal, and especially a good deal for the one selling it. I do like yep. the name of that restaurant was called Meat Cute. <laughs> I mean, they they do have a lot of humor in this show, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. a lot. But uh, anything else you want to touch on before we move on? Um, I think it's just more more of what's going on with her and her boyfriend. I mean, her ex. It was a little bit more of that. And oh right, Major and Ravi moved in together. The funny part of that, like, just seeing her be that manic about it, like, hey, why don't you uh, leave your apartment and be a roommate with him to keep that girl out? Like, that, it was fun to see her be that be that neurotic about it because she usually tries to keep her uh, her feelings to herself. Like, she tries to stay closed off and nothing bothers her. 
when she's around people, but it she couldn't help that one. Like just to see it coming out, it was right. just uh, it was good to see yeah. that because you you need that human side of her. you need you need the the emotional side of her to be there. Um, she just can't be emo. Like um, she she tries to, to to come off with the emo. I I don't feel anything, you know, when she's around him because she can't tell him her secret. But uh, it was kind of cool to. It was cute. It was I think it was kind of cute to see her uh, be that way. And then them be two BFFs, and then they find out that they're they're bonding like. Like their best friends now, and that was kind of cool. Over too. video games, that was funny. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Plus, I, I mean, I also, think it's a, good, it's a good way to keep the ex-fiance in the story. Mm-hmm. You and know, he's whereas, a good guy. Like he yeah. comes off as a good guy. And so. he's an interesting, and, and he's an interesting foil too. Yeah, to kind of remind us of what you know her life was before she became a zombie. So it's a good way to keep her, keep him in the story by having him, you know, have him and Ravi be roommates. Right. I also appreciate in this episode. I mean, you know, regardless of the feeling of the paranoia and the questions in her mind about Clive is I appreciate that we got so much more background on his character a little bit more, what brought him to the homicide division. And well, that's what they wanted and which was yeah. they needed more on him anyway. And that's what this episode yeah. was trying to do. That and then the other side, we get a little bit more information on Blaine's operation, you know, the, the lady cooking the dishes, but also those two knuckleheads that decide they're going to go into brain business for themselves. Funny, you know, that, and that was funny. Those two idiots were funny. Oh, yeah. Those two idiots were funny, but then to find out, you know, he just keeps henchmen on ice in the refrigerator. Yes. Takes them out, thaws them out. You know, I mean, that was kind of cool. And that's so. what I think I like. I think that that is something that um, Whedon and people that worked for Whedon were good at yeah. the TV shows. Like, you could, it was something smart. Like, in the in the midst of still having him it's still having the tongue-in-cheek and the kind of funny uh scenes here and there you still get how dangerous this guy really is like you get a little bit more and more how deadly he is every episode and and that was just an added thing like you you thought i was a joke right he's like eat this he said try this it's really good and just just the whole setup for that it just uh Mm -hmm. it just works really well plus i mean I, i like the way they subvert the tropes Mm-hmm. You know, the, the you know, brain's giving her the things. They're like, like you said, putting those guys on ice when they they misbehaved. You right. know, I mean, just kind of like thinking through, like, what would be a practical application of of you know, zombification? You know, so I really really appreciate that too. So, good show, smarter than it, it really expected it to be, and I'm really enjoying it. So. Oh yeah. I agree. Let's move on to the Flash. This was uh, episode seventeen, season one, of course. Uh, the the title of which being Tricksters and wow, first of all, if you don't know the uh, original uh, Flash TV series from the 1990s, Mr. Mark Hamill, best known of course for you know Star Wars and for being the Joker, um, was a character on there called the Trickster, mm-hmm. and uh, this fly, this has a lot of good callbacks to that. <clears throat> but we start this episode with Barry and Joe talking about Harrison Wells. Now that um, Barry's had kind of this epiphany that Wells is kind of probably has something to do with the man in yellow if he doesn't already. But the only thing, the conclusion they can reach to is that Wells is very enigmatic and very much to himself. But the, the real thing they're stuck on is his motivation. Why? You know, why would he help Robbie? Why would he do all these things to help Barry out? What is his motivation to do so if he is yeah. indeed the reverse yeah. Flash? That's the audience, because that's certainly my question all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. why is this dude, you know, why is he that concerned? Why is he that good to him? Like, that protective. And... 
Right. I think that's a good way of them to pull, kind of polarize it for the audience, too. Because you know, like mm-hmm. you said, that's the question we're asking is why. I mean, we know the who, we know the when, and we know the where, but we don't know the why and how. Exactly. So uh, then cut to a bunch of uh, uh, presents wrapped in bows and ribbons floating down on uh, parachutes to a, a uh, playground full of children. But uh, unfortunately, these presents are all full of bombs. Yes. And sent by a guy who, uh, on a video blog, calls himself the Trickster. And Joe reveals that 20 years ago, there was a guy by the name of James Jesse, played by Mark Hamill, who also menaced the, tri- the city and called himself the Trickster. But he's been in prison in Iron Heights for 20 years. And this guy killed, he left a body count every time they had to face him. Right. Like, that shows how... how I think that also throws in there, without the Flash being in being here how dangerous it is for for the city to not have the flash there to fight these guys that's a good point because yeah. i think it's going to come back later as we go i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised uh, joe and barry go and meet uh james jesse played by as i said mark hamill very much hannibal Lecter vibe here yes um mm. they have him like behind the glut the the uh the plastic with the holes in it, just like hannibal Lecter and sons of the lambs he's the, joker um, man he's, and like, he's I, doing the joker voice thinking. yeah more than, more than Hannibal Lecter, I kept thinking if you put the white clown makeup on him, even oh, yeah. if you dressed him as the, if he was the Batman sixty, if they did a version where they did the, they melded the Batman sixty six and made it darker, like what you had them looking kind of close to the, the way they look, but they're sinister like that. It, it looked scary like that. You could put that costume on him, and he would scare the heck out of me. Oh, the voice is definitely oh, the Joker's. Oh, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't his time as the trickster kind of what helped him get the voice acting role as the Joker? Or was that before? Oh. He did video games, and I think he got into video games first he before also, he got animated. He also did other cartoons before Batman, too. He did the Spider-Man right, cartoon. Right. the voice of the Hobgoblin. He did. I think he was trying out for a different role and then ended up trying out for the Joker, and they really liked what he did, Okay, if I remember correctly. Well, and the funny thing is, that. if you watch the trickster in the old show, he's more like the Riddler. He's yes, kind he of is, romantic yeah. and goofy and mm-hmm. kind of high-strung. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. More like Frank Gorshin's uh, Riddler from the Batman 66 show that Daryl hates so much. Um, James doesn't want to cooperate. He's mad that somebody's using his name, you know, is taking the trickster name in vain. Uh, they kind of appeal to his pride, and then he says that, uh, you know, he guesses that he must have, this kid must have access to his hideout. Uh, so Joe and Barry go to the trickster's old hideout, which looks a lot like the hideout from the 1990 show, including mm-hmm. the, uh, yep. the old trickster costume is on a, on a mannequin there. They go to the uh the look at they go to the hideout and they're looking for a giant bomb that uh um james jesse refers to as his mona lisa quote unquote mm-hmm. but uh, as they go to the back of the the, the hideout barry realizes that it's booby trapped with another bomb and is just able to save him and joe with his super speed another good action scene um soon after that the the trickster jr sends out a video another video blog saying that he's hidden that giant bomb somewhere in Central City. He even gives an area he even gives an area of Central City where he, he says he's left the bomb. Barry takes off searching high and low. Wells uh, you know figures out that it's a trick, that there is no bomb, that he's just trying to distract Barry and every and them from something while he's doing something else. But Barry, because of his distrust of Wells doesn't listen to him and ignores him and keeps looking for the bomb. Which start, keeps cluing him in. Like, he's asking, like, he's asking Joe, like, is there something up with Barry that, you know, I should know? Or 
And then Joe's so like, he's almost giving himself away. Yeah, and Joe's kind of like, you know, Barry's hard. It's hard for Barry to be duplicitous. I he's think. not a good liar. No, that's not his thing. No. Right. Which, which I get Barry's distrust of Wells, but common sense. I mean, even I, I don't know. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Okay, he's doing something to divert you. Never follow the bad guy's instructions step by step, because they're definitely leading you astray. You know, well, so Barry I mean, is he, not good with that part, though. You, as we've seen throughout yeah, the, I guess you're right. the episode, yeah, yeah. he's a straightforward run right into it, and that's the problem that Oliver was trying to bang in his head: is that you can't be the straightforward run right in because there's stuff, yeah, there's consequences right. when you do that. So he has to learn. He, he I think it's he has to has to learn that you're not so fast that you can dodge every single thing that happens. Plus, you're right. He does. He he runs right into things rather than thinking them through, and you know, I think that's part of his growing and maturing as a hero. You know, and as a person. Right. So, right. Just like well said, it was a trick. It was a diversion to keep Barry and Team Flash diverted while they br- they sprung the original trick. The young trickster breaks out the old trickster from Iron Heights, and dun dun dun, they take Barry's dad as a hostage. Yeah. Which is interesting because then you're you're repairing the Flash and the Trickster from the original Flash show, and they actually do no get one, a few lines together. Yeah, no one thought to say it's a trap, like on a screen. <laughs> no, but soon after uh, the scene where they break, go back to the Trickster's lair, uh, Mark Hamill does say, "I am your father." Yes, to, he does. to the young Trickster, which is pretty. Well, I stood later. up, clapping my hands together at that. I was like, "Oh, that is so great." I mean, I was suspecting that he was his father, but to have that scene like that, oh, just so great. And then I was he waiting for him to go, hand. no, it's not true. Yeah. And then he cut his hand off and he fell off a cliff and went into Cloud City. And... <laughs> now I think you're getting a little confused. Oh, my bad. Is it time for your medicine? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Barry, has, uh, Barry is, is uh, totally doubting himself and... Um, Feeling terrible, of course, because his dad's a hostage and uh, everything that's going on with the tricksters. Joe is there to give him one of his pounded pep talks and tells him that, you know, after being a cop for so long, all he can see is the bad in people, what they're trying to hide. Right. But that Barry's real superpower is that he can see the good in people. Yes. And, they, and you're super had that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Anderson. We then go to a, um, a fundraiser for the mayor where yes. Iris has crashed uh, wearing a... Woo! And she could crash any party. In that dress? Ever that I've anywhere. Had. Yes. Yes. She looked good in that dress. Crash that party. Absolutely. Positively. Mm-hmm. No argument here. Uh, they go to the uh, they go to this fundraiser, and sure enough, Tricksters Jr. and Senior are there, and they have poisoned everyone's champagne. If they, the people, uh, the rich and powerful, do not transfer all of their money to their uh, account, then they will not get the antidote for the champagne. Let, let me just say, the poison champagne bit is that I, it seems to be a trope that uh, Marvel and DC shows seem to use. <clears throat> Daredevil. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Daredevil. <clears throat> oh, my, my God. Uh, uh, yeah, I noticed that, too. <laughs> I saw the same thing when I was yep. watching that. I saw that in, uh, in uh, the, the Marvel show that will remain unnamed. That is currently on Netflix. Anyway, uh, Barry shows up uh, to, to put a stop to him, and the trickster clasps a a bracelet onto his wrist that's attached to a bomb, and he asks him if he has ever seen the movie Speed. Because if he drops below 600 miles an hour, um, that bomb will explode. 
So and he says, "Run, run, Barry, run!" Or you know, run, run, run for, for your us. life. Run for your life. And I think you brought it up when we recorded the first time that this is something that you did animated, uh, one of the animated um, movies. Totally. Uh, Justice yeah, totally. Doom. Uh, yep. The the uh, um, the Mirror Master does the same thing to the Flash in that. Slapped it right on, and it even looks similar to it. It's like mm-hmm. they slapped it right on his arm and and his wrist, and he had to just run. Well, That's... and this sequence is also where Wells kind of, you know, shows well, his hand. Well, I'm about to get to that. Yeah, we're getting. You're trying to show my hand, okay? Come on. Now. I'm sorry. Come on. <laughs> Come on. He's, he's running with the bomb, and he, he's, you know, he says he can't run forever. And he doesn't know what to do. Wells is there and tells Barry that he knows what he, exactly what he has to do. He needs to run into a wall. And by run into a wall, he means that Barry has to vibrate at the frequency of air so that his body phases through the wall. Uh, and Barry thinks you know, it's pretty doubtful, but Wells um, is able to talk him through it by saying this. And I'm going to go ahead and quote the whole thing. It's not that long. Cool. Um, this is Wells you know, talking to Barry. Breathe, breathe. Feel the air. Feel that wind on your face. Feel the ground beneath your feet lifting you up and pushing you forward. And the lightning, Barry. Feel its power, its electricity, pumping through your veins, crackling through you, traveling to every nerve in your body like a shock. It's no longer you now. You're part of something greater. You're part of a speed force. I'm going to pause right there for all our Flash fans. Uh, It's yours. Now do it. And this does the trick, and Barry runs right into a tanker truck vibrates all the way through it, and sure enough, the bomb stays behind. Um, uh, and he and, said it like he was high, like it was his rush. Like yeah. he had taken a drug, the way that the, the way, way he talks way about the speed force, would like talk drug. about it. Yeah, the way an extra yeah. junkie would talk about uh, a drug. Yeah, definitely. I like, the now, sit down in front of the spaghetti. Just put, <laughs> put your fork into the spaghetti and just put it in your mouth. Put the cheese on top, Barry. Twirlet, twirlet. Cheese on oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. Oh yeah. Um, so is Barry's suit in tune with his molecules? Like it's part of him yes. when he's wearing. I would think it? if he were vibrating, that the suit would be vibrating as well because it's. Well, that's why that's that's why uh, Cisco gave him that suit because it it he kept ripping the clothes when he ran, and he said that this suit right. kind of it can it can morph with him. It, it kind of. Well, I was also wondering if it's anything touching his skin. Because what if he had wrapped that bomb around his wrist where there was skin exposed? Would the bomb have vibrated with him as well? Or would it have done the same effect? I think he can control, after a while, I think even in the comic, he can control his body. So he would eat, when he really practices and learns how to do this, he would be able to control it so that the bomb is a different frequency than him. He can change his body to a different frequency than the thing attached to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. He'll learn it as it goes. I mean, I think he'll, he'll learn even better as um, he continues. Barry gets the antidote for the, the poisons, and the tricksters are taken away. Um, but on the way back to taking his dad to Iron Heights, he uh, stops so his dad can... Uh, see him. He pulls yeah. Henry out of the hostage situation, and they stop behind the building. And Henry is just looking at him, smiling. And then uh, Barry pulls his hood down to show his dad that he is indeed the Flash. And they have a Great. moment. It's one of the best moments in the series so far. Great scene. 
He then uh, uh, takes the long way back to Iron Heights and stops by yes, Star Labs <laughs> so yeah. he can show his dad around. Um, uh, Joe th- or um, uh, Henry thanks Dr. Wells especially for all he's done for Barry. Him and Cisco had a great bonding moment. Yeah, I swear that if they get rid of, eventually Wells got to go. This, yeah. this, this this dude has to be gone. But I think that uh, I I really think they're setting it up that uh, his father, once he gets out of jail, could be the the mentor to run Star Labs Max to maintain it to keep the uh, criminals. That'd you know, be awesome. There. That would be awesome. I'd love to see something like that. We um the couple of subplots that are flying through this episode, um, we uh, Eddie Thawne is brought in on the Flash secret as well because they need his help yeah. to, to throw Iris off the track. Uh, Mason, the uh, the reporter that was killed at the end of last episode, um, they don't they won't they don't want Iris to try to follow up on that because they're worried something will happen to her. They want Iris to go right. off the trail, so they enlist Eddie's help. They show him that he's that you know buries the Flash, which kind of. It's a stunner daddy. And um, mm-hmm. Eddie tells Iris and Mason, you know, went off to Brazil with a woman to go write a book. And Iris seems to believe that. Now, I understand their, their reasoning behind this, but it just seems to me like it would have been a smarter play to just bring Iris into the fold with Joe and Barry. I mean, she cares about both of them. They care about her. I mean, they could. It's you the know, father it, that doesn't want her to know. Yeah. It's not Barry. Yeah. It's the father. You know, Eddie, and Eddie, Eddie, Barry didn't. Barry didn't have a mm-hmm. problem revealing it to her in that alternate timeline, you know. So I was. No, she saying. knew. <laughs> she knew in that alternate timeline. Yeah. That was yeah. That was death. That was life or death right there. But I, but Joe really doesn't want her to know. And I, I mean, and as a, he's a father, so I mean, you can't really question a father, a father's feelings. And and you know, you Joe know? and Eddie are cops. You know, they can. Yeah. They have weapons. They can defend themselves. They have the police. Or even if you die in a line of duty, you're a cop. Like they, they really will. I would rather die in a line of duty than my daughter. My daughter that risk makes... her life yeah. to do something. No, well, I think the, that that's, that's sort of the... the coolest part of this episode is probably at the very beginning, as far as the special effects go, mm-hmm. because the flash is back to 15 years before, and we see in slow motion digital, uh, uh, which is the best way I could describe it, the reverse flash and flash fighting the night. Barry's mother died, and yeah. Barry saving himself pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, Reverse Flash, you know, escapes the scene, but then all of a sudden it seems like pow- he's powered down and stops in the middle of the street, and his computer tells him that all of his speed force has been used up and it's all gone. Yep. Gas he's, tank empty. Uh, and he pulls off the mask. What? And it's, and it's not Doctor Wells. Mm-mm. It's actor Tom it's, Cavanaugh. It's Billy D. Williams. It's, it's, oh. I'm sorry. Yes, it's Billy D. Williams. No, it's uh, it's actor Matt Letcher. Um, right. He's been on the Carrie Diaries and he was on Scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's stuck in this time period. We then get a uh, clip of Wells with his wife Tess uh, on vacation, you know, talking about opening up Star Labs, kind of doing you know, blue sky ideas back and forth. And as they're driving back from their little getaway, they have a, a car crash precipitated by by Thawne and uh, in this car crash his wife dies and Wells crawls from the wreckage Thawne takes this thing out pokes it into him and then pokes it into himself and takes on the persona of Harrison Wells while totally liquefying what is left of Dr. Wells' body 
did anybody I, else I, I, think about Fringe during that scene? It yeah, it did have the it because it looked the thing that they use a Fringe to do that looks exactly like that freaking thing, hmm. almost the clips like they put the clips into the body and and the whole shebang. Well, he tells Wells that him and his wife were supposed to do the particle make a particle accelerator in 2020, but now uh, he can't wait that long. He so in to. the original timeline, the Flash was still going to be probably mentored by Wells eventually because he causes the he will he if he's not he at least causes Barry's transformation either way but it wouldn't have been for another five or six years right and and now what has happened to the timeline is again we know Wells has pretty much trained this Flash to be Flash earlier and has made him more powerful Mm -hmm. a lot earlier than he was right and, and so this has changed his timeline. He's fought villains a lot quicker. Than, like, everything has changed. Villains were made fat. Well, you know, like... Yeah. Hmm? These villains and, and I mean, quicker. Go ahead. Much quicker. And I was going to say, also, I mean, if you think about it, that's exactly what Wells' plan, or Thawne's plan is, is uh, to go back, you know, and get Barry there quicker. And then as soon as he's as powerful as he was... Then he'll uh, use his little sticker thingy and become Barry and go back to the but future. The, I think the bad thing about that is what his arrogance is not considering is you have just trained your nemesis mm-hmm. to be more powerful than they were before. And his single-mindedness in trying to return to his time is going to end up being his downfall because he just made ex- his nemesis even stronger sooner. Exactly. Yeah. So interesting. See how it plays out. Another great episode for The Flash, man. Just really, yeah. really good stuff all around. And, gotta say, too, great episode for Arrow. This, yep. this, uh, this era episode of Arrow is pretty sweet. Uh, beyond the fact that it had Mama Smoke in it. Smoke? And don't you dare say Smoke Sandwich. Episode uh, Season 3, Episode 18 of The Arrow. Uh, this one is called Public Enemies. Great rap. Great rap group, by the way. This picks up right where the last episode left off. With Maceo dressed as the arrow, firing uh, arrows in the mayor's office, um, he kills the mayor right on the spot. Uh, one of her aides is hit, and when and Ray moves Felicity out of the way and takes an arrow for her right in the chest. Security oh. sucks in this place, man. I, no doubt. You know, First they the attacked the, are the worst. I know. Well, they attacked the police station a couple episodes ago, and now the now this. It's crazy. These cops are horrible. Like I don't know where. First of all, they need to just fire all the cops and just start fresh and get them from another city. Just, just Sometimes I think hmm? I think Arrow and team need to just, you know, give up, pack up, shop, move to another city and let the city just implode on itself. Just give up on it. Because, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it is hard. I mean, they're the central. <laughs> even the even the Gotham cops. Even when the crooked Gotham Gotham cops are are out there, they still do a better job of security than than these cops do. Like it's just like, oh, we just don't know when this arrow is gonna come, or we just leave the flank open when we transport villains so that anybody can come up and just uh, try to kill them. No big deal. Well, after learning about the fact that they didn't have enough officers to cover, you know when Brick was taking over everything, they must have had a job fair. So these are all new officers. They're all green. They don't know up from down. That's what I was saying. I mean, they didn't have enough uh, officers to take down Brick, but, like, every 
cop from the Blues Brothers movie shows up in this one to go after the arrow. Um, <laughs> right, when, and then they're better trained when they go after the right, arrow. Right, um, right. Quentin Lance holds the first of many press conferences in this episode. He's reforming mm-hmm. the anti-vigilante task force, and he has put an all-points bullet now for the arrest of the arrow. Dun-dun-dun. Um, just like Ray Ghul said, the city's turning against Oliver. Right. Um, Oliver reaches out to Nyssa for help in finding the League of Assassins so he can try to shut him down. Uh, mm-hmm. She doesn't want to help him, but he's like, well, what would you, what Sarah want you to do? You know, the way she looks Not at cool. you when she says she hates you, I just it just makes me fall in love with her. Nissa is oh, yeah. so beautiful. I'm sorry. I, just, uh, I had an old. ex-girlfriend that used to look at me like that. It was so... Team, uh, Team Arrow comes out to uh, to play to this place where the, um, the league, supposedly the league's hideout is. Mm-hmm. Macy and the rest of the league are waiting for them when they arrive. Um... Oliver pins Macy on. This impresses Ray Shagul, who makes a dramatic entrance. He gives Oliver two choices: you know, either become Ray Shagul or spend his life in a cell. Because guess what? I just tipped off the entire police department that right. you're here. Take your lightsaber <laughs> and strike me down, and save all of your friends. <laughs> I think you're mixing shows again, there. Darren. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, it's okay. I just, it's the voices. I don't know which show we're on right now. I don't. Uh, yeah, how can uh, you shoot that uh, arrow if he's blind? Oh, wait, that isn't this show either, is it? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm so confused. I know, I know. I okay, know I'm going to bring do. it all back now. Okay, you ready? No more binge watching for me. Um, the, the, the every Like I said, every cop in the universe is after Team Arrow now. Uh-huh. Um, they, they get them uh, in a series of warehouses. Uh, Captain Lance is able to corner uh, Laurel. And she's like, what are you going to do, Dad? Shoot me? You know, <laughs> he almost oh, did. They should just put her over his knee and spank her. But this, but this, saves, Nissa saves Laurel. Felicity's at Ray's side. Um, mm-hmm. He's uh, he's in a bad way because there's a clot in the system. Uh, he could either have surgery and risk brain damage, or they could wait, or they could wait, and the clot could move and kill him. Uh, Ray has, uh, has some nanotechnology he's created to shrink the clot and remove it. Mm, shrinking nanotechnology <laughs> into his body, huh? Mm, shrinking, you say. Mm. I mean, you can't see it on the podcast, but I'm stroking my beard knowingly. Oh, this is really hard. <laughs> I, I think my eye hurts. Yeah. The doctor refuses um, to do the uh, to do this, you know, treatment because it's experimental. Of course he does. And finally, and then uh, Donna Smoke shows up, Mama Smoke. And convinces uh, uh, Felicity to inject Ray with the uh, the nanotech. Uh, she does, and Ray immediately responds. He is rich, though. I mean, just get a specialist to come. I, I mean, it's I mean, they didn't have time for all that. But shoot, I'm rich. I'd have a doctor come in and just take care of it. Um, meanwhile, Maceo quid- kidnaps uh, uh, Captain Lance, takes brings him to Rachel Ghoul, mm-hmm. and Rachel Ghoul uh, tells him. The Oliver Queen is the arrow, and then the, oh. as they say, the scales fall from his eyes, and just has this moment of clarity. I've always known. Yeah, that's what he says. Uh, he immediately goes on TV, revealing the arrow's identity to the entire city. He sends uh, police to the Queen Mansion, Thea's apartment, and the club. Sorry, um, this is where the, and, and the team arrow kind of scatters to the four winds. This is where I was kind of confused. I didn't understand why it, why they played it up as such a revealing moment when Maceo tells Lance that. I, what do you mean? 
what I mean is Lance has known all along. Why is it like he suddenly was like, oh, and goes and does this? He doesn't know all along, though, because he, he already went through the one thing where they exonerated him from being the Arrow. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know that Sarah died because of him. He didn't know that he was on uh, the, the island with Sarah. And he didn't know that he was the Arrow. He, he didn't want to I thought he knew he was the arrow. Uh-uh. No, he never wanted to know. Remember when he was getting ready to tell him that time? And he said, I don't want to know. So I don't want to know. Yep. I yeah, just man. care about what you're doing for the city. That's all I care mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So, so Jim Gordon was like, don't tell me. Um, nowhere else to go. Oliver goes to Diggle's apartment. Luckily, you know, Lila and the baby aren't there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oliver and Team Arrow assemble there, and uh, Oliver realizes he has no choice, and he goes and turns himself in uh, to Quentin Lance. Uh, in return to a, for a full confession in the DA's office, he's going to give Felicity Royal, uh, Roy, Diggle, and Laurel full immunity. And uh, Diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> and uh, they take Oliver away in chains, of course. Of course. Um, the, the PD is wasting no time in taking Oliver to prison. And mm-hmm. Quentin, go, uh, Quentin has a nice little soliloquy where he explains to him that, you know, Oliver, you're not the hero, you're a villain. Right. Uh, explaining the all, going through all the dumb stuff that's happened since he became Arrow. And you know what? He's not wrong. No. Like, a lot of that stuff yeah. happened because he became the Arrow. Exactly. Then the Joker shoots a cannon into the truck. Right. And then the, the Tumbler comes by. And, no, that's the wrong. You're getting confused again. Oh man, that's the Dark Knight. No. Oh. Uh, so all of a sudden, there's an explosion. The, the truck stops, and uh, there's Roy dressed in the uh, in the green Arrow garb, and it says, "Uh, you have the wrong guy. Oliver Queen isn't the Arrow. I am." And he turns himself in. You know. Did he? Th- I swear, I was thinking that everyone was gonna come out and start saying, "I am the Arrow." No, I am the Arrow. Like no, Spartacus. I am the Arrow. Yeah, yeah, to try to throw it off, to just totally throw that whole thing off, but it didn't happen that way. I just wanted to mention that I forgot to mention it earlier. This is very much uh, styled after a uh, an episode of the Batman animated series, totally called Over the Edge, in which uh, yep. Jim Gordon's daughter Barbara dies because of Batman. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, you know, um, Captain Lance's daughter died because of Arrow, and then uh, you know Jim Gordon becomes a ruthless hunter of Batman, tries to get him down, uh, hunt him down, just like in this. So uh, we go back to um, Ray and the uh, and Felicity. Ray is feeling better. Thanks Felicity for um, for injecting him, and tells Felicity that he loves her. Mm-hmm. To which Felicity says, "Well, that's nice," and leaves immediately. <laughs> Um, and then talking to Mama Smoke, realizes that, you know, he's a perfect guy for her, but she doesn't really love him. Um, yeah, because they just started dating. Yeah, that's what, it was a good point you made the first time we recorded this. I mean, who falls in love the first two or three days of dating? I mean, Sheesh. I mean, I don't know. It Plus, you fall long. in lust the first couple of weeks, there you go. months, then you eventually, you know, move towards something more. But damn, calm down already. She may have eyes for him, but her heart always belongs to me. So, if you're Oliver, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, I'm talking me, Chuck Toad. Uh huh. And then you woke up. Sure. And uh, Mama Smoke tells her, you know, she, you're still in love with Oliver. 
And that's why you can't say you like you know you crap. have a choice that you have a choice to make. You know? Yeah. The rare rare him, you can have both. So. But actually, you don't have a choice. Oliver does not want to be in a relationship. You know, know Oliver in the real world, you get so over many it. Times, you know, you think right. So like, you get over on. it. You move on. You move past it. Uh, we also get some flashback sequences in this episode where we meet Shadow's twin sister, and she finds out what happened to Shadow and her dad. I thought it was going to be more than that, though. I really did. I thought yeah. they, you know, like either she didn't die or they use a fan yeah. that's going to be part of this clan or something. Well, I, th- I was thinking the more lines of they introduced her so they could use her later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, yeah. they could bring her. They could bring her. You know. Well, I thought that would be. I thought she would train, keep training him or something. I thought they would bring her into because somebody got to train him more. I mean, he's not done yet. Got to be more to this than that. And uh, well, that was Arrow this week. Yeah. What'd you guys think? Uh it was cool. It, it was cool. It was cool. Um. I did not expect the Roy thing. Like, I didn't know we'd have a trial and stuff where Roy has to go to jail. Mm-hmm. That was not expected. Uh, I guess it should have been expected because he kept talking about the guilt of killing that cop. So this is his way of kind of of, of kind of uh, atoning for that guilt. He might not go to jail for that, but he's going to go to jail for this. So, you know. Yeah, that I wondered... was kind of out of, you know, wasn't came right out of left field and but overall i mean it's been good dc tv for a while yeah i wonder if uh, amanda waller is going to recruit roy out of prison to be on the suicide squad that would be awesome to mess with i like that i would like that much very much so we'll we'll see and it looks like oliver's gonna gonna join the league maybe or take it over which I wouldn't be mad. I would not be mad about that if he did that, though. And still was in, you know, he still stayed in, in uh, Central City, but just uh, take over. Uh, but he just has a league of assassins now that is back and call to take care of stuff. That reminds me very much of uh, of the Daredevil story, uh, Shadowland, where he takes Definitely over the hand does. and he thinks mm-hmm. he can, you know, use the hand for yep. justice and for good. Definitely. So it's very similar. This is cool. Um, we have a great group on uh, the Facebooks. It's called the yes. DC TV Podcast Facebook group. We have 154 members. We picked up a few more members this week. The It's All Connected group, uh, the Marvel rival group of ours, has 163. So we got nine more people to get. Once we get the, the one person that puts us over their total of members of the Facebook group, I have an awesome um, Constantine art print. That my wonderful comic, local comic book shop gave to me, and you will be winning that art print and have it sent to you, um, as long as you're in the uh, the vicinity of planet Earth. Uh, we're also going to be running another contest mm-hmm. for uh, for ne- between this weekend and the next DC TV podcast. Uh, whoever gives us the best iTunes review, you know what? We'll let it run for a little bit. We won't okay. even do it. it. We'll we'll let it. We'll let you know when when the contest is finished. But who? But we'll let it run for a couple episodes all you have to do is leave us an itunes review it's very simple a good one a good one Mm -hmm. not a bad one go to the itunes leave us a review give us as many stars as you'd like Uh, we we'd appreciate maximum of course because it helps get the word out for the show yeah we'll have frank you know what we'll have frank pick it out okay hey also 
also I want to mention that Dr. Steve T has a leg up on everybody because he is the one iTunes review that we have. And he mm-hmm. says, hosts are fun and smart and know their geekdom. Really enjoy the show by show breakdown. Great podcast. Thanks, Dr. Steve. You don't want Dr. Steve doing this wonderful prize, do you? Because he'll get it. He'll get it if you don't. So get on the iTunes, give us a review, and we will give you your choice of digital download DCTV movie animated property. Um, that would be uh, any of the animated movies or any of the standalone DC movies. Right. That's a digital download, and that will be your prize to keep if you give us... All you have to do is give us an iTunes review, so it's really and, not a lot to ask yeah. for. Right, and once you do that, you just make sure that when, when we pick you, you give us your email, because we'll need that. Yes, give us your email so we know where to send it. Uh, let's. One of the things we have on our DCTV podcast are some great members who like to give us what they think about the shows, and we have a lot of uh, good comments this week as well. Uh, for The Flash uh, this week, uh, everybody... Um, uh, Emmanuel Gibson thought he kept hearing the Joker. They brought me back to his childhood. And uh, uh, Tyshawn Jacobs said, yeah, he didn't think he was alone in, th- in hearing Hamill do the Joker. And he tried not to laugh like the Joker, though, to which Emmanuel said he failed because the whole time all he heard was the Joker. And there's nothing wrong with that, I think. Um, Douglas Lockhart, friggin' awesome. The Star Wars line was an awesome touch. Laughed my ass off over that. Mark Hamill's performance was everything I'd hoped for and more. Yes, it would hard, be hard not to hear a touch of the Joker in there, so what? Uh, the trickster was always kind of a Joker knockoff wannabe anyway. The original introduction of the character played off the popularity of the Joker. Uh, just like Green Arrow was introduced originally as a kind of Batman wannabe. Uh, early storylines never even explained him as a spoiled rich kid with mad archery skills and was inspired by stories or the Batman of the Batman to do something more worthwhile with his life. So yay, Mark. Already a great show. Got worlds better. Uh, Carlos Camona said, good, very much heavy reference episode, but I didn't feel forced on me, and the big reveal was surprising. Uh, Brian Arnold joined in. Uh, Hamill played the trickster before the Joker. He basically co-opted the trickster to play the Joker. Last night, it came full circle. Well, that answers your question from before. Um, James Conner, great episode that had me laughing and crying out and enjoy several times. The preview for the rest of the season also had me pumped. Uh, John Davis chimes in with Great Arrow and Emmanuel Gibson. I swear Arrow and Flash get better every week. Both were great this time out. So thanks for all your comments in the group, and please join us in the group. Uh, also, a good thing about being a part of the DCTV podcast Facebook group is you will get all the DCTV and movie news that we can find, brought to you by a lot of the three gentlemen you're listening to now, plus a lot of other friends in the group. Uh, one of those, uh, and you know, let's go over some of that news right now. First of all, uh, Deadshot is now officially off the table for Arrow. Mm. I mean, obviously it's because of the Suicide Squad movie being, mm. you know, him being played by Will Smith or whatnot. But Deadshot is now out of the Arrow loop, which is too bad because I kind of like the way I liked him there. in Arrow. I did too. I did too. Yeah. We got a photo. This might be slightly spoilery, so I'm gonna I'm gonna warn everyone ahead of time. But they released a photo this week or last week actually. Of uh, of a, the next Flash and Arrow crossover, okay, and it's a picture of the reverse Flash with his back to the camera, okay, and facing the camera, I, and I just announced spoilers, so um, you know, fast forward a little bit if you don't want to hear this, and uh, facing the, the the reverse Flash with his hood down, by the way, are um, Firestorm, the Flash, and most most interestingly, Oliver Queen. As the arrow, but dressed in a 
League of Assassins outfit. Mm. Now, are these, are these three going to reunite to take down Thawne? I think it's it's uh, fairly would, pretty possible. Could be. Or somebody even more dangerous. And this does kind of telegraph ahead of time that, uh, you know, Ali might be taking over the League of Assassins after all. At least for a little while. You know, yeah, not, right. Not for a little while. I mean, really, Because we know the Hive is coming. Yeah. I know the Hive is going to be coming. That's another announcement we got this week is that the producer said that the Hive will figure prominently in season four of the era. Which we called that, too. We called right. it early on. Yep. Well, we had that flashback sequence with Deadshot a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago where he was approached by the Hive to kill Diggle's brother. So um, we got confirmation this week there would be more of the Hive coming in Arrow Season 4. Uh, Adam West and Burt Ward are reprising their roles as Batman and Robin for a 50th anniversary animated film based Yay! on the 66 series. Uh, this is news that make, makes Rich happy, and Daryl just must move on to the I next. teared up a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, we got... Some casting news for the Flash Arrow spinoff that's going to be a replacement series next season. Uh, we got Hawkgirl cast. Uh, Chiara Renee. Pretty cool. Um, she made her debut on uh, Law & Order SVU last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy who will be known to Doctor Who um, fans, of which I'm not, unfortunately, uh, Arthur Darville is going to be playing yeah, he played Rip. Rory. He played Rory! Rory on Doctor Who. He will be playing Rip Hunter. In the new, uh, cool. in the new spinoff Which is show. funny because let me give you the connection. He, all, Rory, was the husband of Amy Pond. Who, Amy Pond, who was who was playing the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, character. Nebula. Nebula, yeah. Nebula. Also, who was the father to um, River Song, played by Alex Kingston, who plays Laurel's mother. See it all. Wow, it's in a it's all connected. You shut your mouth. <laughs> we did this on nothing's on today too. Yeah, so it's all connected. Wow, Suicide Squad. We got some news this week. We got a cast photo from the first script read. Yep, which is pretty cool. Although notably absent, Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some cast news for Suicide Squad. Scott Eastwood is um, going to be is rumored to be playing Steve Trevor. Who's also going to be tied in with Task Force X, which kind of goes along with comic book continuity. Right. And I know I'm going to butcher his name, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Adwile Ikonoe Agbeje. Bless you. Agbeje. Uh, best known as Mr. Eco from uh, from Lost. Echo, uh, yeah, Mr. Echo. Strack. And he also played, uh, for Oz fans, he played BC he, he in, in Oz. I think that was his name. He would be playing Killer Croc in the Suicide Squad movie. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Speaking of casting news, Stephen Amell has been cast as Casey Jones in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. Which will be pretty interesting. Cool. It will be interesting. Yeah, he already got the fighting stuff down. I mean, that should not be a problem to have him uh, doing the battle scenes on, on screen. The Supergirl pilot has wrapped filming. Mm-hmm. Everyone, pretty exciting. So the pilot, yep. is, the pilot is in the can for CBS Supergirl. Uh, the More bat- pictures too. They yes, a couple of pictures showed piled up, popped up of her costume. I'm really excited to see that what they do with this character. Um, me too. Me too. It'll be interesting. I mean, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised with iZombie so far. So it'll be interesting to see the next. If step. they keep that, like, yeah, if they keep that in mind of having the lead be likable and not. A cardboard cutout kind of a personality. 
right. which I think exactly. they did a good job with with iZombie, that, that'll definitely be the thing to push this show. We found out this week that the trailer, the actual first trailer for Batman vs. Superman, will be released with Mad Max Fury Road. Which is awesome, because I was going to go see Mad Max Fury Road yeah, anyway. Me too. <laughs> so I got to make a special trip. <laughs> um, we also found out this week that Justice League Dark Movie, written by Guillermo del Toro, is going to move ahead with or without him. Which is cool, because he is booked. Like he's Yeah, it's probably better to do without him. Crimson like... Peak is coming out very soon, and then he's moving on to Pacific Rim number two. Uh, so it's going to be... Uh, you know, it'll be made whether or not he is part of it. Yeah. Um, the Flash was nominated for a Hugo Award in Excellence in Science Fiction. Um, Which is great. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, especially for the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even finished. That would be nominated. <laughs> yeah. um, Batman vs. Robin came out this week, the animated uh, uh, feature. Yes. I've watched it. Uh, it came out on digital on Tuesday, I think it was. Maybe uh, have you watched it yet, Daryl? I have. I didn't know Dick Grayson was a Guido. Ah, from the nineties. Maybe next. Uh, maybe next week we'll talk about it a little more in depth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, cause I haven't gotten it yet. I I ordered the Best Buy special edition with the little Batman figure, so it should be here Tuesday. Oh, you, get, you get your own rope chain too, and your pants. Your uh, yeah, yeah. Tight black T-shirt. You know it. We have a um, a really cool trailer from WonderCon up on the DCTV podcast from The Flash, which has a lot of really cool clips in the next uh, few episodes that we're running up to the season finale. So if you are interested in The Flash at all and don't mind you know, slight spoilers, uh, definitely get, definitely watch that because there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hesitate to say anything because I don't want to screw into spoiler territory, but watch it for yourself. That's- that's I haven't even watched it yet. I'm kind of avoiding it. I kind of just want to. Yeah, be I did neither. I did neither. There's a uh, uh, on TV by the numbers. They predict that I Zombie is likely to be renewed, which I hope so as well. There's something. Oh, Dominic Cooper is very close to signing to be preacher. Mm-hmm. Awesome, uh, awesome, so awesome. Daddy awesome. Stark, Daddy Stark. Yeah, Daddy preacher. Stark. I think that would totally work. He's a good actor. Oh yeah, he definitely looks the part. Um, I could totally see that working. Um, here's something that's kind of shocking that, that um, uh, D- Danielle Pennebaker said at WonderCon or, or uh, at a convention over the weekend. She is saying that she, by the end of the season, will be Killer Frost. There's a lot of development to do there then because she's I'm... sweet, innocent Caitlin still to me. Mm-hmm. Well, the th- fan theory that's going around is that maybe she knows what Wells is up to. And it's helping him just to make sure Robbie, mm. Ronnie Raymond, survives. Oh, that would break my heart if she um, if she did that. Because she tried to tell Barry. Mm-hmm. She yep. tried to tell Barry before the timeline was changed. Right. I don't know, but that's what she said at the last con, that she would definitely be Killer Frost before the end of the season. It seems like a lot to pack in. It what sure if does. somehow there, for some reason, she was able to keep memories from that prior timeline? Mm. I don't know, yeah, but that she would have to be but outside of time. She was suspicious that. of Wells in that timeline. Yeah, she's the one who took him to the coffee shop so Cisco could, you know, do his thing without her around, without him around. So, um, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out. 
Or even, I mean, it could, even if she, she could be hit with the thing to make her kill a frost, but it, it could just be that the, the hunger is what controls her mm-hmm. until they fix it. Like maybe she'll have that ailment and she'll have to do things to keep it under control. Maybe there's something in the season finale that precipitates it, like a new, another um, particle acceleration explosion or something, you know, or some other it's, it's catastrophe. Gotta be something. You know, yeah, it's gotta be something. I just don't see them wanting to lose her as a character, as a main character in the. Oh, in the me either. She's so she's like so good. She's like a so much better many. version of Simmons from Agents of Shield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she she really is though. I mean, I only I can't even front on that. She really is. She does have more of a personality, so um, I think than that than that character did. But uh, I hope they do. Like it's such a small cast. He has such a small circle. Like it's just for anything to be taken out because you already know you're going to lose Wells eventually, right? In his circle, so like I, but and that's like why you said I, we may get Barry's dad as a replacement. Because there. I'm like, why? Because it made me think, why bring the, why have the scene of him bringing his father to the, to the Star Labs? Besides thanking, uh, besides it being Wells, a nod but, to the other, besides it being a nod to the other Flash series. I guess I didn't even think of it like that. I I just thought of it like they they made sure that they showed him. Working well with Cisco, like he nerded out with Cisco in one, in that scene, and it, I don't know. It just made me think that he looked at home there. Could be. It could be. I mean, he is a doctor. I don't know if they've elaborated on what kind of doctor he is, though. Because they need that. Like after this whole thing of Wells gets taken out, like they they're going to unless they're going to blow up Star Labs, they need somebody to. To run Star Labs because right. you got all the meta humans in there. It needs a base of operations too. So. You need it. You got you got to have some type of base of operations for that. So the um the and it's tied to if you go to the DCTV podcast Facebook group, there's a very interesting article by Scott Mendelson from Forbes, who I've had the pleasure of podcasting with a couple of times about how the success of the Flash TV series mm-hmm. could be a detriment to the success of the Flash movie. Uh, Chris it Miller was, and Phil Lord, the the guys who wrote Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs in the Lego Movie and Twenty One Jump Street, are were signed this week to write the new Flash movie, uh, the feature film version. And now I will say, I I don't care about the Lego Movie, but Twenty One, I would say that they Twenty One Jump Street, they did a good job of keeping it of, of writing funny dialogue for that one. The writing on the Lego Movie was genius. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, if you say so. But I mean but, the, the the lightheartedness if they can because the Flash you you I don't think the Flash will be the dark you know that shouldn't be a Batman movie. No, you know what? Warner Brothers DC made the decision that the TV show and the movie were going to be separate. So when I go in to watch it, I'm going to go in and watch it with the premise of this is going to be nothing like the TV show, and watch it from that perspective. Is yeah. it going to be better or worse? Time will tell, but that's right. that's good writing history there. You know, give it a chance. Um, well, the Flash you know, movie the, opens in March 2018. Right. I mean, and and plainly, I mean, if you look at it, if they do a if they do a good Flash movie, it would it won't affect. I don't think it would affect the the audience enough that it would fail because 
the CW only has so many markets that it reaches because it's, it's the CW. Plus, it's on TV compared to how many markets the movie, a big budget movie, can get. I still think it'd be a good idea for them to do the movie for, as Wally West, but that's just me. I would not disagree I, with you. If I want to. I want to see them do a Flash movie. At the end of the Flash movie, he hops on the cosmic treadmill and ends up running into Grant Gustin Flash in the street. I, you know, have, I, them I, both, I, have them both coexist as as. I would not, why not, not being why not? a being a DC as opposed to Marvel. I think that it's the DC is built that they could do that. Like, mm-hmm. just say that there's yeah. a multiverse of worlds that there are other echoes of us out there. Which right. like and I and and do that and even in the beginning of the Flash movie, kind of say you know kind of have a thing where they say that there are different versions of, a, of 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 worlds out there, a multitude or of infinite number of worlds infinite out Earths, there. Even say. Yeah, yeah, an infinite Earths, and leave it at that. <laughs> just 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 one version. Just leave it, and at hopefully that. it wouldn't cause a crisis. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Right. And but but the things you can do with the movie and the like if they I would like I didn't know how it was going to be because the, the actor that they picked to play the Flash, I've only seen him in one dark, dark, dark movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very dark indie movie. But to have the guys that are doing the 21 Jump Street and the Lego, like a Lego movie, I didn't care about because of the subject matter. But I'm not saying it's bad. It's just that it wasn't something that I cared about. But the 21 Jump Street one was something that I did get into, and I found it hilarious. So nothing they do have a good Korean sense of humor. Huh? So nothing they have better a, than Korean Jesus. So they, they do have a great way of writing, of doing a, a comedic movie, because there are not too many movies that are funny anymore. Like, you know, like that are spoofs off of uh, previous TV shows. And they did a good job of doing that. So why pick somebody like that? to do this movie if they're not going to have fun with the flash you know on right. top of it being uh it i mean i'm sure it'll be he'll be fighting crime and all that but i don't see them not having any kind of fun with it i, I by picking them they must be they must have a plan to kind of make him to make him a more lighthearted type of character you know it's just hard to know and and it's all fanboy speculation yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's just like with the Fantastic Four movie coming up. I I have every doubt in my mind that that's going to be a disaster, and I'm not going to like it and everything else. But at the same time, I'm going to go in, clear my mind, and get ready for it. And who knows? I could be surprised. It could be awesome. The only you know? the only thing you can't be fooled by is the tone, and I the tone that I expected for the Fantastic Four movie because of who it is that's doing it. I it looks like it'll have that tone. That more of that hard, hard type tone, right? So I like that's the only thing I can go by that's kind of concrete with how this Flash movie is going to be by who is the one who who are the people that are doing the actual movie. Like it right. has to be that it's going to be a different uh, tone than like Suicide Squad and and everything else. So it has to be. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I think that covers it for this week at DCTV. Yeah. If uh, you, like I said, please join our Facebook group and send, give us some iTunes reviews. We really appreciate that. Get the word out on the podcast. 
if you're into geeky TV, and I imagine you would be because you've been listening to this podcast now for about an hour and a half, then definitely go to uh, HHWLOD.com. It's part of the HHWLOD Media Network. And you can catch all of our cool podcasts over there, including It's All Connected, which we alluded to before. It's the Marvel Studios podcast. They cover all the output of Marvel Studios and movies and the TV stuff, and they'll be talking about Daredevil real soon, I'm sure. Um, the, the Walking Dead TV podcast, which covers, of course, the Walking Dead TV show. Uh, the Ichabod Crane cast, which covers Sleepy Hollow. We have Out Now with Aaron and Abe, where we cover all of our new movies that are coming out in the theaters right now. And uh, if, if you're... Uh, if you go to the site, probably by the time that this episode is out, uh, we just recorded a commentary track for the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie uh, to coincide with the Daredevil TV show coming out. Um, if you're going to have to watch it sit through that movie, then by all means sit through it with our commentary track. It'll make it a lot more palatable. Shut up. That movie's better than the than every TV show ever. It's really not. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> really not. And uh, if you once once you've exhausted all those podcasting possibilities then by all means, head over to the home of the mogul himself, Mr. Daryl Taylor and Taylor, the Taylor Network of Podcasts at taylornetworkofpodcast.com. There are so many uh, shows over there. Uh, no Apologies, the Take No Prisoners Geeky Show. The JK's Happy Hour. You got the uh, Comic Rack Snark Cast. You got Arts and Craft for all of your scone for all of your scone movie needs. You definitely want to catch that there. Uh, nothing's on. We cover all the TV and movie news that you possibly could handle. We watch way more TV than anyone should. I know I do anyway. Oh, yes. And if you want to hear our thoughts about the new Daredevil show and some other things, you might want to check that out. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Plus, the, the site itself, TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. It's all kinds of blogs and, and news reports and all kinds of fun stuff over there. And it's also a good Facebook group to check out as well. So go do those things right now or else we'll be very cross with you. And until next week, where we have a whole new slate of DC TV, including the return of Gotham, guys. Don't forget Gotham. And uh, we'll definitely see you then. And uh, thank you for your patience on this week's episode. We are ghosts. Bye, everybody. Thrawn, take a drink. Oh, right. We didn't say Thrawn this time. Oh, Thrawn, Thrawn. Thrawn. Prawn. Spawn. No, Thrawn. I messed up. The woman makes the men all pause And if you got a woman, she might make you forget yours There's a five-letter word that describe her character But her brain being washed by an actor And every real man that tries to approach Comes a cold thing comes that gets just like a rope I don't think I can handle it She goes channel to channel Cold looking for that hero she watched Channel Zero. She watched, 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 she
She wants channel zero. Baby. 